0: Well, I hope everyone is having a great day today. My name is Reverend Griffin Cope, and I am so very blessed to be the pastor here at Lincoln United Methodist in the beautiful Lincoln, Alabama. Not only am I blessed to have such a wonderful congregation, but I am also blessed for this is my very first appointment. I'm fresh out of seminary, and I can see that my pastoral education has only gotten started. Well, today we are going to read a few different passages within the book of Malachi. You know, here at Lincoln, we actually just finished a Bible study on Malachi because we wanted to take a look at the very last book in the Old Testament before diving into the Advent season. We wanted to see what the final problems were with the Hebrews and see what those lasting messages were that carried through those 400 years until Jesus arrived on earth. You know, Malachi is a book that calls us out. It calls out poor behavior toward God. How the Hebrews failed to learn the lessons of the exile and continue to disobey God. But worst of all, that poor behavior mostly came from the priest. A point that makes this book especially important to anyone who finds themselves in church leadership. And while God does offer harsh words to the Hebrews, God's promise of commitment is still there and hope remains. Our first reading comes from Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, and then 12 through 13. It says, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how will we show contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he not be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us with such offerings. From your hands will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying, the Lord's table is defiled, and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. Our next reading is from Malachi chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned away From the way and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Amen. Wow. From Malachi 1 and 2, we can see that once again, the Hebrews have gone far astray from the Lord. The priests themselves seem to be at the heart of this moral rot within Israel. For the priests are failing to do their job. They are offering defiled animal offerings to the, to the altar. Instead of offering the good and healthy animals as required in the book of Leviticus, the priests are instead dishonoring God by bringing him the lame and diseased animals. Instead of offering God the best that they have available, they are giving him the things that they don't want anyway. What's fascinating about this passage is how God even tries to reason with the priest. Look at verse 6 in chapter 1. He says a son should honor his father and a slave his master. Where is the honor being given to God? God continues this line of reason by asking the priest, would they dishonor their governor, their political authority, with this lack of respect? Obviously, the answer is no. And so why are you doing it to God? Why are you disrespecting God in such a way? God makes a point that their lack of respect for offerings and their lack of respect to God is proof that the very act of worship has become a burden to them. Man, what a condemnation on the status of not only Israel at this time, but also the very priests that are called to serve the people and most of all God. Our congregation last week talked a lot about this. Could we ever find ourselves in a scenario when worship could become a burden? Could we ever even imagine ourselves in that situation? One thing that Malachi teaches us is the one way we can keep ourselves of falling into that harmful viewpoint toward worship. We can can avoid falling into that if we constantly ask ourselves, Are we honoring God? Are we showing love to Him always? always showing the same kind of love that he constantly gives to us despite animal sacrifices not really being a big thing anymore and of course not being needed in Christianity the lesson is still useful when we considered when we consider what resources are we giving back to God are you honoring him and giving him the best you have especially when we discuss how much time are we giving to God What kind of finances are being dedicated to his ministry? How much love is being given back to him? The idea of withholding resources that are from God and withholding them away from God is as relevant as it has ever been for Christians. And so, whether we be a priest or in church leadership, or you're just a member of your local congregation, we should constantly be asking ourselves this question. Are we withholding from God, and thus are we honoring God? In Malachi chapter 2, we do see that this lack of honor being given to God by the priest has had dire consequences, not just for their ministry, but also all of Israel. God explains to them that priests and others in church leadership have an important job. They ought to preserve knowledge and be the messengers of the Lord Almighty because people seek instruction from their mouths. I find this one verse so valuable as a pastor. It's a reminder of what we task to do to help spread the word of God and lead people to God. Church leadership and pastoring are such important roles in the church. And when they are not done well, when those people in leadership have no love or respect to God, it has absolute dire consequences, especially to those in local congregations. When people in church leadership turn away from the Lord and hoard what the Lord has given them, that will cause people around them to stumble. When people in church leadership disrespect the Lord, they don't only hurt themselves and their own relationship with God. They hurt others who seek instructions from them. They hurt their relationships with God as well. And so just as it happens today and in the time of Malachi, priests who do not love the Lord will come to be despised and humiliated before all the people. God makes sure of it because justice must reign. Through Malachi, God is letting us know that the priests of this time have messed up. They have not learned the lessons that God was trying to teach them through the exile. They have not learned what God has tried to instill in them. And instead, Their own selfishness, their own pride, has let them become disillusioned with the Lord, thinking that they can, one, get away with hoarding the best that comes before them, and thinking they can get away with not showing the Lord the love and the respect that He is due. And thus, this has led to disastrous consequences, not only because God is upset because the priests have not lived faithful lives, But God is also dismayed because an unfaithful church leadership, an unfaithful ministry, also causes stumbling blocks among the congregation. It damages the people who follow the church. Israel is morally unwell because of its church leadership. A big part of Malachi, as we can see, is God's justice. We can see it breathing through these pages God's justice was shown when God punished the Israelites through the exile. But God's justice was also shown with his mercy through the arrival of Cyrus and the Persians and the return of the Hebrews to their homeland. But God's justice and mercy does not stop, and nor does his love, for God is constantly trying to fix us from our own mistakes. In Malachi, the people have not learned the lessons. They are still disrespecting God even after all these years. But God's reaction is not to leave them to their own devices. God is never going to abandon them to their own mistakes. No, God is constantly going to fix us, guide us, and offer us a new hope and a greater promise. We can see that new hope in Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says, I will send my messenger then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings and righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppose the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. Do not and do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I also want to read verse 16 and 18 of chapter 3. They say, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possessions. I will spare them, just as the Father has compassion and spares his Son who serves him. And you again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Amen. What I love about the book of Malachi is that God has such harsh words to those who do not respect them as they should. But the book also offers such a great hope that breathes into the next chapter of the Bible as we soon dive into the Gospels. God tells the Hebrews that I know that tomorrow is coming and that there is hope with tomorrow for I am coming soon. All right, let's first start with that last passage I just read. Verses 16 through 18. I find it so interesting and equally wonderful that the book of Malachi makes it an important distinction to remind the reader, us, that not everyone in Israel at this time was dishonoring God and not everyone was living in constant sin like the others. Malachi takes time to tell us that there were those who feared the Lord and listened to what was told and wrote what was said down on a scroll. Despite all that was going on, Wrong with those in Israel at the time. There were still those who kept the Lord's teachings. There were still those who respected the Lord and loved the Lord. It seems day by day that the world is getting crazier. It seems like more violence is coming around, more sin. We can't predict what's happening next. But this end to chapter 3 in Malachi reminds us that despite the sin and the evil that might be around us, we still have a job to do to uphold the teachings of the Lord, we are still called to fear and love and respect the Lord and honor his name, no matter what's going on around us. Because those who fear the Lord will be his treasured possessions. Because if we serve the Lord, love the Lord, we might be able to be separated among the righteous and away from the wicked. Nonetheless, In the beginning of chapter 3, we have seen this wonderful piece of holy prediction, something that is so timely as we soon approach the Advent season. In two verses, God both predicts and foretells of the coming of John the Baptist, God's messenger, the one who will prepare the way before the Lord. And God foretells of his own arrival of Jesus Christ, of the Messiah. I love the way this foretelling of Jesus is written. for it says, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. What a wonderful way to describe Jesus. For Jesus is the Lord that the Hebrews and us today are seeking. He is the messenger of the new covenant. He is the one we desire. God is telling the Hebrews that despite their own failing... There is still hope for tomorrow because I will be coming soon. God is coming to set things right, and God is coming to make the relationship between him and humanity whole again. God is telling us that through him, his son, he is going to remake the world and thus save the world at the same time. And so God wants the Hebrews to know that they need to get ready for this just as we need to get ready because the Lord is coming soon as well. And we need to morally prepare to stand before him. Malachi is a book that calls us out of our own improper action. It calls out especially those in church leadership for our misuse of God's resources, for our disrespect toward God and our own failure to understand and see all that God has given us and done for us just as the Hebrews had forgotten how God saved them from slavery and had gotten God had saved them from exile. But despite the condemnation, despite the harsh words, and harsh words were needed because justice is always required, God's love still burns through all. God wants us to know that he still loves us, and despite our own moral failings, he is never going to stop loving us. God is never going to stop trying to make us better. He is never going to stop offering that eternal promise to us. And so I invite all of us this week to think about this deeply as we dive into the Advent season. Think about this promise that God has made to us, that he is coming soon, and that he is going to save the world and wants us to be an active participant in it. And let us work together as a body of Christ, one that never thinks that worship is a burden and learns to show and give proper respect to the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to me today. And I would like, as we conclude today, if you join me in prayer. O Holy Christ, we thank you for the words that are written in Malachi. Lord, let those words lead us to a better life. Let us remember that we can never and should never withhold the resources that you have given us. Let us learn from the poor example of the priest in Malachi. Learn that worship can never, should never, and must never become a burden. But also, Lord, we know that despite our failings, you love us always. And you are constantly trying to teach us again. Open our ears so that we will listen and that we will follow your path and you will guide us back to where we need to be. Lord, let us remember your eternal promise that you are coming. You are coming to save the world and love us so that you want us to be a part of that. And your Holy Son, your Holy Spirit, and the one Father we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining me. Have a great day.